Hello, and welcome to Bobby and Yen's presented by Zwift. One thing I'm thankful for is still being able to train with friends on Zwift any time of the day. Being motivated by the massive community means there's always someone to ride with and new locations to explore. Like the new Japanese-inspired Makuri Islands and my personal favorite route, the Mega Pretzel on Watopia. Riding with friends makes the training easier and they always know how to push me. Visit Zwift.com and I'll see you on there soon. Ride on. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bobby and Yen's presented by Swift. My name is Bobby Julik, and as always, my main man, Jens Vogt. Jens, what's new at the zoo? Not too much this week. It was fairly quiet. Um, winter finally is approaching us. Today we had the most terrible weather, um, about three degrees. What's that like? 40 Fahrenheit and uh, rain more or less all day. So it was just so miserable. Reminded me on one of the hardest day on a bike for me and for you, I suppose, Tour of California, when it was still in February. That long stage along the Pacific Coast Highway where we raced 220 kilometers or 160 or 165 miles straight into the headwind. And for our listeners to uh, understand, our team, we were chasing... On a flat road, we used the 39 chain ring and the 16 sprocket in the rear. And we were chasing full gas the breakaway in 39.16. That explains how much headwind we had. And I couldn't feel my fingertips for the next two days. That is still one of the most miserable days I ever had on my bike. I have to agree with you. I remember that day. I went back to the car and... Um Bjarna rolled down the window like maybe an inch because uh, it was so cold outside. And in February, I looked at him and I said, what am I doing here? And that's when I knew that I maybe signed for one year too long. Because if you're already asking your DS that in February, you're you're in trouble. But uh, yeah, I, you know, it was a busy week here. We had, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, we had birthday parties, we had baby showers. There was a bunch going on. But um Still can't complain, you know, it's sunshine outside, getting out, riding the bike, not uh, not with, you know, frozen fingertips quite yet, but uh, who knows what's in store. But uh, yeah, today we have a another great interview with um, the six-day season around, you know, going on right now. We wanted to speak with Roger Kluga from the Lotto Sudal team. So sit back, relax, and listen to our interview with Roger. Tonight, my friends, we have another fantastic guest, almost a neighbor of mine. He lives actually just around the corner in Berlin. Well, it's about 10 miles, I suppose, but it is still in Berlin. Ladies and gentlemen, Roger Kluge will be our guest tonight. Roger, thanks for being our guest tonight and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for being part of it. Hi, guys. Well, hey, Roger, man. Um, 
I want to get to the the hot topic here, which was you just recently finished second in the the Ghent Six Day. Um, you know, we 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 saw a lot of videos of that crash with with Cavendish and, and Hansen. Was that you that yeah. slipped on the water, or was that your partner that slipped on the water there? That that kind of uh no one from us it was another teammate gavin gavin tyson so uh he was or oh, which number he had i think number eight or number nine jasper and me was number number six um so it was a guy with a lot of bib short but uh it was me or jasper but it was gavin and he yeah he slipped he, he did a big slide let's say on the straight and uh, yeah, he managed to stay up, but then yeah, the guys behind they had some struggle. Okay, so you're gonna have to talk me through this this whole six day thing because I've only read about it in <coughs> magazines and, and online. Uh, I understand that the Ghent is a really really small track. What like a one sixty six meter? So it's kind of like doing laps Correct. in your swimming yeah. pool. But when <laughs> how how was there water on the track? Is um yeah it was not not dripping in it was rainy outside but it was not dripping in but um especially in those longer chases so chases from from one hour or maybe even 45 minutes 50 minutes which we can have in the six days um then uh yeah people are getting thirsty during the chase and uh the swannies uh yeah handing a, a bottle over so the rider who who handed in the other one and uh, slows down for for two laps he tries to to grab a bottle on the back straight, had have a small sip, like it's just a little bit in that bottle. It's not really a full bottle. And uh, yeah, next lap when she passed the Sonia, he throw the bottle away, goes up on the track and waiting for the partner to come around. And for some reason, yeah, the the, the rider, I don't know who was it actually, or which which one nobody mentioned someone. Um yeah, he took the bottle on the track. He didn't went down to the carpet. So he still took the bottle on that blue Côte d'Azur. And uh, so by taking the bottle, yeah, some water or iso, iso drinks, whatever, must have yeah, dropped out the bottle and then went on the track. So he drank the bottle, he threw the bottle away. And then I just recognized that, like, I was not in a race, but that one of the Swannies was jumping on the, on the straight with a towel because he saw that liquid point there. And... Uh, but then the next second that the bunch passed and uh yeah then suddenly it happened already so that the first guy i didn't saw the crash actually but just i was ready with my partner we were just on the back of the bunch we just managed to to gain the lap and while we changing or he changed me in he said already oh there's a crash there's a crash and so we were quite far away and yeah when i passed the guys the yeah kev and uh, lasse they were already on the ground so it's uh, basically like a bad coincidence or the rider should have gone down off the track, grabbed the bottle and exactly. go back. But probably was yeah. too tired or too lazy and said, ah, I just do it quickly and have the have the drink and then throw it out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter if the fault was on the on the Swanee side or on the rider side. I mean they're more Swanee than Ghent is a small track, so the, the space also on the carpet is what is it? Maybe one and a half meters. I think in Berlin, Jens, you can uh, probably uh, agree it's maybe two and a half meters we have just everything is bigger but Ghent is quite tight it's pretty small so yeah the rider has to come down but maybe also this one he came up pretty quick or it was a quick decision from the rider I'll take a bottle now and you just give the hand and yeah 
by still passing with 40k and not with 25k and then all the, the things happen in general in the world cup international races so championships europeans worlds there it is forbidden to take any food or drinks during the race but in six days it's a uci race but yeah they it's not forbidden so they are allowed to to grab a bottle even a 30 minute chase if you want really then yeah you can have a bottle you just um scream to a swanny and then he will come up and, and bring you a bottle or you even stop and then your partner's in the race a bit longer if you really uh, have a problem or you need to do something else then you just stop um but yeah it, it, it happens uh was a shouldn't happen um maybe from next year they will also yeah bring a rule up and say no no drinks anymore during the six days even the 60 minutes if you drink before you can survive 60 minutes without the drink that would have been my next question if you think there will be a rule coming to say nah, no more food no more drinks at all on the track for everybody's safety basically but you mentioned it already so hopefully Could it be. comes yeah 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 exactly. so so we dove in to uh you know a current event thing but let's back up a little bit and talk about what a six day actually is because okay as much as i know okay you guys ride for six days but talk us a little bit like through your daily routine how much time like what time do you start what time do you finish how many hours or kilometers are you doing per day because back in the day before i even got over to europe i heard a rumor that you actually do more kilometers in a six day than you do in a tour de france and i was like wait a second how is that possible like it's 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 impossible so help me out a little bit give me a little bit of a rundown of of like your daily kind of routine and how many hours you spend on the track per day um i think we then we should start from the very beginning of the six day so in the yeah like 100 years ago there back in this time then they definitely run six days so 24 hours, six times, without stopping. There was images or stories. Yeah, they, they were even riding the bike with paper, uh, reading paper and doing laps. And so always one of those uh, couples have to be on track. Maybe the other one was sleeping, but the, the bike was never standing still or the team was never standing still. I can imagine that they then <laughs> did a lot of more kilometers and maybe they did in six days. Yeah, so many kilometers as you did in a tour. But now nowadays... Um, the rhythm is like like breakfast between 11 and 12 roundabout then uh maybe if the weather is good i did it one or two times uh, i went even on the road for one hour one and a half hours just an, an easy spin on fresh air um and then around four or five you you head to your yeah, to the track or to your sioni uh get a massage afterwards you have dinner like three hours before the race so just a normal normal rhythm you can now from the from the road uh, then around eight, the night starts, first presentation, and then followed by uh, seven, eight or eight, nine different races, smaller races, the Derny races, then the two big chases in general, and you finished at one o'clock and get. And then you have dinner, then you take a shower, first shower, dinner, back to a hotel, and usually at two or maybe two thirty, three o'clock, we were back in a bed, back in a hotel, slept at four. And then again, starts from, from the beginning, like as long as you could sleep. Again, we, we had to be at breakfast, the latest at 11. So usually sometimes we had hotels where we could have also breakfast at 12 or 1. Then, of course, you sleep a bit longer. But now again, 
breakfast time was a bit limited. So uh, we had to get up before 11 to get breakfast. And that, that shortened the night actually a little bit, like one, two hours. So everybody would, would have slept probably a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, that's the, the daily rhythmus. And kilometer-wise on track, I was even surprised myself. Like the longest day in Ghent was um, uh, day two or three. Uh, I did 120 kilometers. So uh, it's like around about 600 laps oh. or something. Um, yeah, quite, quite not, not a distance what you do on the road. Uh, on a tour but in combination with my road training like one day i did 50k i come to 100 150 160 kilometers a day but yeah i did this only once and that was the longest day i think on average we did like 100 kilometers the first day was like 90 kilometers so it depends also on the program uh, especially again you with your partner you change one day he does the journey races and you do some other smaller races and then the other way is the other way around so then it's a little bit different than distance from day to day. But it's still a proper distance. I mean, don't forget, if you race, it's always full gas. You know, uh, if you swing yeah. off and your partner is in the race, you got two laps where you can recover a little. But the change of rhythm yeah. for full gas recovery, full gas, that takes a toll. It's it's tough. So don't sell yourself short. That's proper sport. It's it's a tough business. And I'm happy it's I'm not intense. in it. Yeah. Actually, Roger, you yeah. plan any more for... The this uh, 60 season uh, plans for the Berlin six days or you don't know yet? Uh, I would like I was planning to go to Rotterdam, um, but yeah, this, this got cancelled now last last week or yeah the week after again it got cancelled. So I have planned like doing Ghent Rotterdam, hoping for um, six days Berlin. They still plan it. I mean it's in February. It's still two months time. So uh, let's hope that the wave goes down again and um, they, they maybe still can can can, can do it, organize it. Um, but they said already it will be a six days program for six days, but the first three days will be only for for the uh, yeah the newcomers. So the under 23 riders, under 19 riders maybe. Normally Berlin gives also the chance to under 17 maybe, 17 under 19 riders a uh, chance to, to show up on the track. And then uh, day four, five, six will be for the elite and maybe for the women's. Or there will be only a three days race um, next year if I if I can start there. I haven't talked to the team yet, but uh, theoretically it is it should be possible because it's in between two road races in February. So I'm I'm home, and uh, I think because it's only three days, it could be even an advantage that the team say okay. Three days it's okay you can do it six days it's again a quite hard week it's like a stage race and then they could say ah not not really fits perfectly but um yeah because, uh, with a three-day race it looks quite good i think that i can do it and i hope yeah they they manage to organize it and uh, that it will take place in february you brought up a really good point there uh which has kind of been you know highlighted with with somebody like mark getting injured so these are like uh, invitation races, right? Like you, they're, they're not on your team schedule. Um, you know, you, you sign a contract, I guess, with the organizer. Um, what, what sort of support do you, do you get a lot of like pushback from the teams when you're, when you're asking to do so many of these, or are they like, Hey, listen, the guy's going to be training anyway. This is great for his fitness. He's going to be flying in the spring, but yeah, what is, I guess the, the, the give and take there with the, between the team the team and the rider. Uh, 
There's not much. The teams are always asking, uh, really, why. But um, I think, like riders like me or Kev, even uh, we do this. Yeah, since many years, it's it's, it's part of our career. So um, I still understand or get the point that some team managers are scared. I mean, it's racing. Racing seems to be danger. You you go on your limit. You, you risk something, and um, so the, the the risk of getting injured during the six days, during the winter, during a road preparation, is is definitely higher on, on paper. Maybe if you think about, it. but um, so therefore, some teams are maybe not really happy that they, they race a lot on it but um especially now again it was a lot of six tax so a lot of those our main sponsor they were happy to to get a good team on it uh, and a team who is yeah competitive uh rating rising for, for for the win or racing for the podium to it was very important for lotto for the for the main sponsor and um on the other side for berlin they now it's my home race uh probably they they also uh, struggle maybe to say no but maybe they they would love to to see him on the road just to to take a rest after the stage race and prepare for the next one. But um, the coach knows, and also the team somehow should know, especially now I'm part of it like since three years, that a track helps me uh, even to maintain the, the shape or even to improve the shape, improve the shape to, to getting better from those short intensity. Especially for me, for my kind of rider, as a leadout man. Doing a lot of stuff seated, all the acceleration and pushing like 30, 40 seconds when you're in the race. That's more or less exactly this you need also in the last 10 kilometers of a road race or last three kilometers when it gets real intense. So um, I would even say if I would be a coach, even more guys, I would send on a track to, to do a, not a whole track season in winter, but maybe like one race, prepare for a race on the road. I believe it works. So um yeah, they, they don't really like it, but if, if they understand it, it helps. Also, the, the, the side from the coach, if he says, yeah, now for this guy, it's okay. It's not for everybody. You don't send a climber there. Uh, he, he probably will not like it and uh, he will not really benefit from it. But in my case, it works out since, since many years. And the other side of proof that, it, uh, that I missed something was the last winter when we didn't have any track races. I think I spent not one single day on the track last winter when all cancelled, all six days was cancelled, all the World Cups were postponed or, or, or anyway cancelled because of the new season and summer. No World Championships, nothing. I had, uh, and I must say in, in the beginning of the season, I missed some some speed on the legs, really, to accelerate after each corner or being being ready for super intense final so that's why I was looking really forward to to have some more races this winter. Happy to did uh, yeah that I got six days Ghent in my legs. Uh, now I miss Rotterdam and um, yeah I hope for for Berlin that at least those three days I will have also in preparation of my road season. Have you done this before coming back from the Tour Down Under, which is the first road race of the season? And then did Berlin? Did you do it last year? No, not last year. Did you did do that before? Right, you were there with Caleb Ewan, and yeah. you did race then the sixties, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that was quite tough. Yeah, uh, lucky then. Uh, or oh, the Berlin six days starts always on Thursday. Not like uh, Ghent and Rotterdam, they start on Tuesday. Also, next year Berlin will start on Tuesday, but in the past it always starts on Thursday. So I flew back on Monday from Adelaide. I was back here on, on Tuesday probably, or maybe Monday night, Tuesday morning. 
And then I had like not even two days and then I was back racing on the track at, at night. So totally different rhythm, but um, I did it once, I think only maybe 2017 or 2019. The other year I was coming back, but then Berlin finished already. So I was just there for the final night. But yeah, I did it once and it, it was was not easy. But uh, yeah, if you push, push, push your body to, to race, then it's okay. But afterwards you just finished. If you want to get more out of your free time, sign up to Outside Plus for less than a dollar a week. You can get a hard copy of Valley News magazine, choose two books a year from VeloPress, access all the premium content from the whole outside family, including Yoga Journal, Peloton Magazine, and Backpacker. And that's not all. There are discounts of the hottest gear and biggest events, as well as virtual health and fitness courses. It's $350 of value every year in one $99 subscription. But if you head to valuenews.com slash outside plus and enter Bobby Jens 25, all one word, lowercase, at checkout, you'll receive our special 25% discount and you make a good deal great. And now back to our chat with Roger. So what is it, what, you know, you've been silver medalist in the Olympics. You've been world champion in the Madison, um, as well, but, and, and with different partners, like what makes a good partner or what makes you good at those disciplines? I mean, the, your reaction time, especially on those short tracks must be razor sharp. I mean, you guys just must be buzzing like like crazy because you you have to look up the track you have to anticipate what the guys are going to do but tell us a little bit about what it takes to find that that perfect partner that allows you to be you know silver medalist uh, well silver medalist you were in the points race but um the yeah. uh the, the madison for example which is what six day is the biggest event of the six days are um Sure, they're existing a, a different or a perfect partner. In, uh, in Sixers, you had always like standard teams in the past. The Swiss was always to get us. Um, but if you look back to Ghent, where Kenny's uh, retired, Kenny Decadler, he had also many, many different partners. But coming by, by age, so he is similar than me. He's one year older. So since I started on the track, uh, I know him as well. And he was always getting better, coming to the top shape of a world level. And then, yeah, he was there, but underneath him. So his partner always changed because they were on, on one point, not good enough anymore. So they stopped or whatever, and he got a new one. So it's not our choice really. And the same with me. When I started in 2006, seven racing six days, a professional, I was racing with uh, Polak, Olaf. And uh, then after he retired, I was racing with Bartko, Robert. And after this, I had uh, Marcel Kaltz, another German, a younger. He was then younger than me, but the first two partners was actually older. And I won with Olaf uh, some medals at the World Cups. We, we won to get a silver medal at World Championships. And with Robert Bartko, I won the European Championships, also some six days. With Kaltz, I won six days Berlin at least, but nothing, nothing international. 
And then after Kalle was, was his nickname, then, uh, yeah, then, uh, then I changed. Well, then, uh, yeah, medicine was also out of the Olympic program. So in, in wintertime, I still had probably a partner. But then after Rio, when it came up again, it will be Olympic, uh, Olympic discipline again. I had to choose. And I had like five guys sitting in a, in a team pursuit squad. And uh, I know from, from those guys, I have to pick one. And then I choose Theo. Theo Reinhardt, my, my current partner, because he was still, he's a bit younger than me, four years younger. And he got already a medal in, I think, 2012 or 2013, also in medicine with a different partner, which was older. So he was experienced. I knew he's kind of, um, yeah, an all-rounder, not only a pure pursuit guy. He was fitting in a team pursuit, but not individual pursuit. So kind of me. I don't like the individual pursuit, but I can do a good job in a, in a TP. So and since then I was riding with Sin and then yeah we needed a one two races to to know each other but in the end um, it's the good balance is possible uh, necessary if you are really two pure sprinters which both we are not also me I'm fast but I'm not a pure pure sprinter uh, you can be quite uh, spontaneous like who is attacking or who is the sprints and I think that's also important sometimes or most of the time they explain in the six days that's yeah, good that's the fast guy for the sprints and that's the other guy for the attacks but the sprinter cannot always sprint and the guy who is attacking cannot always do the attacks and do, do the long efforts so uh, I think a real balanced team which on both sides you have strength in the sprints but also strength in the endurance that's actually then I would say that the perfect team that you always prepared for whatever race situation comes up. And um, yeah, I think with Theo, I found, found a really good one, um, especially when we won the two world championships. Uh, there's always two, of course, in the race. I had a super, super day. The first time we got a world champion, or we won it. He was still a bit younger. I would not saying shy, but had a lot of respect, I think, and was maybe scared before the race uh, because now, okay, now it's world championship, our first world championship. And uh, he was preparing for the TP, so did only like three minutes, four minutes efforts, but not 50 minutes. And, uh, but yeah, he he could rely on my strength endurance that I I have the, the threshold power. I will, if he folding back in the race or then he's okay, stay up, I do maybe a double turn that he can recover and we will manage to come through. We didn't have a, the goal to, to win, really. Of course, we wanted to show a big race, but it was a, a good race. But it was our first world. So if we would finish fifth, we would be probably also happy. But then it turned out that I had a super day and uh, we did everything right. And he, I think I gave him like a rest two or three times. So he stayed up and I did double turns. But there was still enough to, yeah, to, to win it in the end. And uh, the year after, we, we just repeated, but then he was already bit stronger, a bit more relaxed. We didn't know uh, if we can win it again. You guys will probably know the story that I just, I flew in from Dubai in the morning. I did the UAE tour before and uh, that was uh, not really expectable that I come there and can win the Worlds again, having seven stages in the legs just the days before. But um, yeah, the good balance between the team, I think that's the, the key to, yeah, to be on the, on the top step on the world's so Olympics. Um, for our uh, listeners to explain a little bit, when you gain a lap that gives you 20 points, right? It doesn't give you give you yeah. a lap plus anymore. 
So um, not anymore. No. If I'm correct, it seems to be that the World Championships Olympics get decided with taking more laps, not just the sprints. You have every 10 lap sprints, right? For five, three, two, yeah. and one point. But you get the big yeah. points when you take a lap. Is that correct, or is it just uh, my amateur knowledge? No, no, you, you get definitely to a good points. And usually with having a sprint every 10 laps, if you go for an attack, you definitely will take also at least one sprint. So you take those five points if you're solo uh, on that attack and you will take the 20 points um, Yeah, with, with gaining the lap. But if I remember right, I watched it. Uh, the last World Championship, the Italians were the only team who took a lap and they, they took those 20, 20 bonus points. But in the end, the Danish guys, they won it without having uh, gaining a lap. But they went just for probably 14 out of those 20 sprints in the end. So they started a bit uh, yeah, waiting, waiting for, well, let's say, one third. They didn't do much. But then suddenly, Michael and Lasse, they start, yeah, okay, now we have to, to sprint. We have to, to start a race. And the Italians were a long time in the, in the lead, or at least when they took the lap. But then sprint by sprint, the Danish guys came closer, closer, and finally they passed them. So um, it's not sure that you that you win the race with gaining this lap, even if it's a big points. But you have to recover. Depends how, how easy you get this lap. If it's a, a long fight, and even if you get then 30 points because you're out for 20 laps and you, you win two, two sprints in between, that means you probably for the next 20, 30 laps, you're just trying to recover. You have to be lucky that the race situation allows you to recover. But then if other teams are attacking and you're in the red zone, and even if you're on a bunch, you're still even more in the red zone, then it, it looks maybe good. Yeah, you did a lap, but then you don't score anymore at all. I'm always um, super interested for guys that do the six day, basically after a long road season, and then dive into the six days where you're doing a lot of intensity when the others are out doing steady state stuff, low intensity, hours, 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 then you have to come into the road season right afterwards and maybe even training camps and whatnot. How, how do you prioritize your recovery? You mentioned recovery being important in the six days, but throughout the season in order to kind of, I guess, play both ends of the stick there with doing your six days and then doing your obligations on the road. Um, You know, is this something that that you sit down with your coach and you really get specific and say, okay, I can go a little bit harder here, but then you know I'm going to have to recover a little bit. But like, what if all of a sudden you're you're called into a road race? Um, do do you feel that you you've already mentioned that that track racing gives you a little bit of an edge? But have you ever thought more about that that recovery period, like during the season, than normal people would have to think about? Um, I take my normal, yeah, uh, first block is finished, usually after the classics, then, then I take uh, like a week off or even 10 days off, but that the six days are then already two months far away. So they, that doesn't really bother my, my road season because usually they're in January finished. So, um, like Berlin before was in January and that it was maybe overlapping with Stone Under or I did it before or after, but. After January, I probably never did uh, a six days race. So, uh, but yeah, in winter time, you're right. When, when other guys doing a lot of hours, 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 especially now my preparation for Ghent was only like two weeks. So I had two weeks off season and then I wanted to start already, but I was still sick. So I had almost another week off, uh, makes it almost three weeks after Perry tour. And then I had only 
16 days, I think, to prepare for Ghent. And uh, of course, there was no time for doing a six-hour ride, five-hour ride and uh, start slowly with, with an endurance. So I just went like two, three hours, uh, even many rides on a mountain bike uh, to get the intensity in. And then just in the end, like two, three days before I was on the track to get a feeling on the track bike. Um, but yeah, now after it was planned to, to do some more, to do some more endurance rides <clears throat> to, yeah, just do the opposite, like slow and steady, as I said, but then I get sick again and, um, Rotterdam was planned. And then with the coach, we said already, okay, if you come then from Rotterdam in the training camp where the other guys start probably with some intensity, of course, I did a lot of intensity with Ghent and Rotterdam Alex, then I would do just, just long rides in, in, in the camp in December to then uh, yeah do what the other guys did already the weeks before. And um, so, yeah, I have, uh, it's quite intense if you go towards the six days and especially those six six days racing are super hard. But then I tried just after, yeah, to have them just normal long rides and not really thinking about doing this in this interval because then it's in, in a race, like a six days, you have all the intensity from threshold to VO to max. So I only have to look on... Uh, on a strange endurance, like simulating climbs, which we don't have in Berlin, but um, where we have some wind, or I can go on the on the rollers. Uh, where other do other guys have also to do the threshold training or be able to mark them in training, maybe in in poor conditions outside with zero degrees. So then I'm quite happy I can do this stuff on the track with 25 degrees. So your heart seems to be still in the track cycling as well. Um, Yeah. If you could choose being in the Tour de France team or going to the Olympics or going to world championships, what would you choose? What's more important or where's your heart? Being at the Tour with a Caleb Ewan or going there, I want to win another Olympic medal. Yeah, it's, I got, got this question more times. Um, now, important is on the road. I mean, uh, my, my heart is on the road, but... Um, My heart is also, or my passion is on, on the track as well, uh, because the track was always part of my life since, um, since I started cycling with eight, nine years. I think with nine years also, I was the first time on a track. And, uh, since then, except probably the last winter, the Corona winter, when everything got canceled, uh, I was every year, every winter on, on the track. So it was always part of my, my training. And, um, But yeah, now I definitely would would still love to, to be in the tour and win stages with Caleb. Uh, lucky the Olympics and the tour is never on the same time. So uh, then our priority is always the road because that's, yeah, I have the contract with the road team. That's that's my job. And uh, and then afterwards, I'll ask for the track. So if it fits in the program uh, or in winter with training, I, I can do some six days in summer. With the World Cups so Nations Cup with coming up uh, next year or in two years, I will ask again if it's possible to do a Nations Cup to qualify for, for the next Olympics probably. And then uh, Paris will be again like two weeks after the Tour. And mainly I will do first the Tour. We'll, we'll finish the Tour. We'll, we'll try to do my job on the last stage of the Tour de France. And from there I will yeah, I will switch up, uh, switch to, to the track. Um, just in between, yeah, I will always do maybe in june some track training maybe uh, like with the national team some stuff together but this training as i explained before the racing in winter and also maybe like two three days on the track even in summertime that helps me also to do what i'm doing on the road 
So uh, doing this Lido stuff in the in the last five three kilometers. Yeah, I got to ask you one more thing. I mean, I know that you're a lead out guy, and you know Caleb is lucky to have you. But I think it was back in 2016 you won an individual road stage in the Giro. Tell us a little bit about yeah, that yeah. stage because people still talk. Like you, I think you were on IM cycling at that time, and your sprinter had abandoned yeah. or missed the time cut, and like the sprint looked like it was starting up, and then all of a sudden you just took off and won the stage. T- talk us a little bit through that because talking about having a good day, you must have had a really good day that day to do what you did. I had a good final year. Uh, it's right that the the rear sprinter was Matteo Pelucci. I think he pulled out a few days before, but we had still uh, Heino in the team, Heinrich Hausler. And um, I think days before when I was a sprinter, I was working for him, helped him for, for, for yeah to get a result, even win a stage. And uh, I, I remember pretty much uh, this day or this final because before on the bus, I think he said already, yeah, take a chance if, if you want. Uh, if you really want to do something else or sprint yourself, then it's okay. We tried everything in the, in the last uh, couple of stages already. And uh, if you feel good, you, you can you can do whatever you want. I said, yeah, okay, I will see um, how the situation is. And then, yeah, we come to the final. The breaker was, was still, yeah, breakaway was still away, like 10, 15 seconds. Um, but I was around and I said, no, I'm here. I'm, I'm helping you. I'm happy. I'm, I'm okay, but I want to help you. So uh, I was following him still kilometer to go I think or 1.2 and uh, then I said okay now it's time to go so I passed him I think I looked to him I tell him oh, come on follow but he he went into the yeah to the sprinters where all the other was Nitsolo etc so he had an eye on them and uh, when he was gone I said okay he was not want to follow me then I just start but it looked like yeah I'm just start moving to the front so I came from position 20 or something um I was passing the bunch, just seated, steady. And uh, I also remember that Nitzelo, even he, he looked back like, oh yeah, he's coming. And he thought I will come to the front of the bunch. I will do my pull, my turn, and then then that's it. Um, but yeah, I passed the bunch. And there was only one guy left from Katusha in front of the bunch. In the meantime, I think we caught a breakaway and Posato attacked with one and a half K to go or two K to go. So there was another attack from Posato. He was maybe five seconds ahead. And it was a one corner to go with six, seven hundred meters to the finish. And we studied it before. It looked like a roundabout, quite first exit out. Looks like a corner, but super fast one. Actually, probably where you don't have to break. And uh, so I just managed ahead of this roundabout to pass all the guys in the bunch, which yeah, one guy was pulling from Katusha already. And Posada was like 20 meters in front of me. So he stopped pedaling maybe for two seconds in the corner but from his body language i could see that ah shit i could have pushed through so i definitely went all in i couldn't see the end of the corner but i I just pedaled through and uh behind me the katusha guy he was more or less finished with his job he was just he he finished his lead out so i went already with 2k faster in into the corner as a bunch and as posato and i came maybe with 4k faster out of this corner um compared to the bunch and posato and Posada was just my goal. Like, yeah, I could, I could see him. I could see how I can run on him. And uh, then the Katusha guy was finished, and all the sprinters actually suddenly was by by themselves. They didn't have any leadout men, so they were looking at each other. No one wants to pull. It's still five hundred meters to go, and that was actually the key that I can 
yeah, survived to the finish. I caught Posato, I think, with 200 meters to go. And uh, yeah, the sprinter came close again, but they didn't call me again. So I could, could look back, I could see it, I could have it, I have it, I, I'll win it. And uh, it was a great, great feeling, of course. And um, yeah, everything came just together on, on my side. And uh, I didn't have an, an record push out on, on Watts or something. It was, of course, the third week of a Grand Tour. You don't do any records, but I think it was still around like 700 something probably for the last minute, for the last kilometer. Or, so it was a decent power, definitely, but it was no, no record numbers. But yeah, that's Grand Tour third week. Um, it was enough to yeah surprise the, the other sprinters and uh, bring home my um, biggest victory on the road. So Roger, talking about uh, the victories, which was a good one, I actually did saw it, I believe. I was probably also commentating on it. So um, that yeah. was really well done. Um, talking about results, what would make next season for you a great season, a personal result, something happening within the team? What would be, if you can dream, if you can desire, what would be the one thing you want to achieve for next year? There you go. That was a good season. And to top the question, how much longer actually do you want to ride the bike? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, would be nice to repeat the season from 2019. So first season was I am, I was I am. We just talked about uh, with Lotto, of course, with Caleb. Uh, yeah, we had a great start in 2019. Uh, we won, I think, a stage almost in every race, I would say, and uh, we came home with two stages from the Giro, and then we won three stages in the Tour de France. So um, including the the Champs Elysees, the last one. So that was a yeah perfect perfect season. And um, okay, 2020 season was anyway special for everyone. Uh, but last year we had a lot of bad luck in, uh, in 21. So uh, some early crashes and oh, we lost guys in the Giro already early. And uh, we changed program. And then in the two, of course, the early crash from, from Caleb that he had to pull out. And the next guy, Jasper, leadout man, pulled out. And suddenly my crash in the tour was pretty bad. Um, I couldn't finish it. So yeah, it would be nice to turn all the bad luck, which we had this year in 2021, uh, turn back into good luck and uh, repeat the season from 2019. So just be successful in every race, uh, winning winning stages with Caleb and uh, preferable in the tour. Um, personally, I would I would never say no for, for also a win again on the road. I mean, now it's already five years ago, but um, if I get a chance like this again, he... So since then, also always guys asking me, hey, when, when you do it again, uh, like this, but uh, you cannot really plan it. You can try it a thousand times and it works out maybe once or you just never try it. You just, if it comes up, you go for it and then maybe it works. But um, I dream about this uh, many times more as a guy that could be a final with, there's two, three corners. So you need definitely some corners, I would say, to, to get a technical advantage if you're solo. But um, probably the sprints, also changed a lot. They're probably way faster than maybe five years back. Um, there are still so many teams and so many leadout guys that it's really difficult. If the bunch goes already 60, yeah, to go away with 65, then you're not really open up the gap. I think the stage in the Giro, it was even slightly uphill. So we were doing only 50k and then I was lucky, like I explained the whole story. Even as Andre uh, Greipel, I think he went home the day before. So a lot of Sudal didn't have a sprint anymore. They were in attack with Adam, I think, with Hansen. And then 
even in the final last hitting back, he was attacking. So I think just this one team, if Dreyfus would be there, I wouldn't have won the stage probably because then they would prepare the final and they would have the guys to not allow an attack like I did. Um, so this time is way difficult, more difficult. Um, I would like to do it in that style we Cancellara did it in the yellow jersey. It was just a lot big straight. Uh, I think it was in Belgium a stage he won there, like a chicane on cobbles, and then he just went and uh, Zabel finished second. But yeah, he he won the stage in the yellow jersey. So that was probably when I saw it. Yeah, would be nice to repeat something like this, and uh, I did it similar, not in the yellow jersey, but uh, to winning a, a stage like this is still different to winning a stage out of a breakaway, let's say. It, it doesn't mean that a breakaway is a gift. It's not easy. First, you have to be, and then you have the best best out of the group. But yeah, winning a stage in front of a bunch, it's it's special. It's, it's different. So it would be nice to, to do it again. It doesn't have to be the Tour, the, the, the Giro. It can be a small race, but it would be nice to, to have personally the feeling again, even put the arms out on the road and go first over the finish line. Uh, second question, uh, how long I want to do this? I was talking about, already about Paris. So always thinking about Olympic periods. And uh, now Paris is only three years away, not four. And uh, yeah, I would like to, to do it definitely till 24. So then I'm 38. So that means three more years on the road. Um, that would be ideal. Everything, what comes after, it's, it's a bonus. Um, if I'm okay till 40, uh, 41, Jens, uh, you, you're racing till 41. Depends event, of course. If you know, if you're healthy, if you're still in condition, if you're lucky, if you don't have bad crashes, uh, especially in, in the end of the career, that, that really yeah puts you back and it's, it's super hard to come back on, on top level if you have a bad injury. So if I um, stay up on the bike and uh, yeah, still have to the passion, the love uh, to, to do this on the road, then I can imagine also to, to do it two more years till 40, but then I think it's it's finished. So then also the family is asking, uh, the kids is asking that I'm that I'm staying home and being my home. And talking about kids, we know it's late there and we know that you have to put your kids down for sleep. So Roger, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really cool to learn, especially for me, and hopefully the listeners also uh, enjoy a little bit of the explanation of, of the six-day racing. We wish you all the best with the Lotto Sudal team next year. And yeah, let's, uh, let's see Caleb put his hands up and you know maybe yourself as well. Well, that's all our time for this week. Huge thanks to Roger for being our guest today. Thanks everyone for listening. Please give us a five-star review and make sure to share this podcast with your friends. The show was a Valley News production in association with Shocked Giraffe. The producer was Mark Payne and this episode was edited by Tim Moser. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bobby and Jens and share your cycling stories with us. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. One of the most fun parts about cycling is climbing. So why not try Garrett Thomas's athlete workout, Fun is Flying Uphill. A great pillar of any climber is muscular endurance, and believe me when I say, that's what you'll get. 
Testing yourself on training plans alongside world-class cyclists is what makes Zwift so exciting. I can't wait to show my friends the fitness I built at home. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com and I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.